Did you know the Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. The FT. Hello, and welcome back to Energy Weekly. I'm Polita Clark, standing in for Sylvia Pfeiffer. On the show this week, smart meters are set to be rolled out across the UK, but who stands to benefit? And Britain's BG Group believes the amount of its oil reserves off the Brazilian coast are twice as big as first thought. What does this mean for the company and for the oil price? Joining me in the studio is our energy correspondent, David Blair, and Lex writer, Vincent Boland. So, David, let's start with smart meters. They're a key part of the UK government's plan to reduce energy consumption, but the rollout is very costly. You've had a look at the numbers. What have you found out? The numbers are very striking. Installing these things in all British households, something that's supposed to happen by 2019, will cost £11.3 billion. The savings, if you are a typical householder, will amount to £23 a year. I'll just say that again, £23 a year, £1.92 per month, almost enough to buy an extra copy of the Financial Times every month. And this is a programme that will cost £11.3 billion. And when will we see those savings? Uh, well, you would see them uh, from, if, if you assume that your house is lucky enough to get a smart meter in 2019, then you'd see them from sort of 2019-20 onwards. And so, so did we? Did we not realise that uh, that the uh, benefits were going to be this small before? Uh, it depends on who you're talking about. Uh, householders are not going to benefit very much at all, uh, as is very clear. However, the energy companies will benefit a lot because these meters, by their very nature, are very advanced. They can be read remotely. So the people who presently come around to your house every few months to read the meters will all be out of a job. Uh, the volume of customer queries will fall very substantially. And the service and maintenance costs for these meters will be pretty much eliminated. So all in all, while you and I won't benefit very much, energy companies will save £9 billion pounds. Uh, between 2020 and 2030. Uh, and you may wish to uh, call me a cynic, but I suggest that that's probably why it's happening. But that's not exactly the message that we've been getting for the, from the government about why smart meters are so important, is it? No, the government stresses uh, how much control smart meters will give to consumers. So, for example, one of the features of these incredibly advanced devices is that they will switch your home appliances on and off to capture the moment when electricity is cheap. So in the early hours of the morning when electricity is pretty cheap, you know, this clever meter will switch your washing machine on and then switch it off again or something like that. Uh, and all in all, the government calculates that this will reduce your consumption of energy by something like 2.8% a year, which will lead to the princely saving of, of £23. Uh, the government, however, does point out, if I can quote the exact words of the, of the Department of Energy and Climate Change spokesman, where he said, actually, uh, the potential savings are likely to rise and he said, and I quote, uh, they could be as large as £42 per household by 2030. So there is good news. 
Well, so so what should those of us who are thinking of getting a smart meter, should, should we be thinking, well, actually, we'll just say no thanks, or do we even get the option to do that? This is interesting. Um, the government wants to give everyone a smart meter. The, the plan, in fact, uh, assumes that 97% of all UK households will have them by the end of 2019. Uh, but uh, you do have a choice in the matter. Uh, and uh, it's not entirely obvious that everyone will sign up to this. I just I wonder whether these smart meters um, actually would be pretty labour saving because I, at the moment I'm in a uh, not a dispute so much, but I'm I'm having a sort of to and fro with my electricity supplier in my apartment, which is um, Scottish and Southern, um, about a, a meter reading, and and I actually can't find the meter for my apartment. It's behind a locked door under a stairs that I can't really get access to. So I suspect that. You know, there is there must be some attraction from from smart meters that one can avoid doing that kind of thing. Yes, Vincent, uh, your life will be made easier by smart meters. Not only will you save twenty three pounds a year, uh, but your meter will be read remotely mm. by your energy supplier without you having to do anything, without you having to let a man into your house, without you even having to hunt down your meter at all, without you even needing to know where it is. Uh, so a key benefit will be that the whole business of compiling bills and collecting revenues from customers and so forth will be streamlined and simplified. Uh, but uh, we should all bear in mind that the principal beneficiary of that is your supplier, not you. And would it mean no more estimated bills? It would mean no more estimated bills. It would mean that your bill would be entirely accurate. So the the long tradition of uh, the optimistic estimate of your energy bill would come to an end. And if I was wanting to be particularly green-minded, for example, could I would I be able with these smart meters to say, okay, so I want renewables to make up X percent of my energy and fossil fuels a, a Y percent? Or is that actually a, a step too far? I'm not sure they're quite that clever. Um, the in the end, the uh, precise generation of your energy will be up to your energy supplier. Now, you can, of course, choose your supplier and you can, of course, pick a supplier that has the biggest uh, contribution made by renewables that relies on renewables for the greatest share of its energy. Um, but uh, but even the meter won't do that for you. Right. So smart meters, but smart for the utility companies, not necessarily for the rest of us. We think. Dumb for the rest of us. Yes. OK. So, Vincent, um, uh, can you tell us more about uh, what sounds like uh, very good news for BG Group? Yes, uh, this morning they, the company announced that um, its its estimate of the size of the reserves in the the, the fields that it has just off the coast of Brazil um, are, is twice what it was. So it's gone from three billion um, reserves to six billion reserves uh, barrels of oil, um, and and uh, it, that, so that is a doubling of its of its of its share of. Brazil's um, pre-salt oil reserves, which is, I think, you know, for the company itself, it's a very significant development. And these sorts of revisions are quite common, I guess. They are common, yes. Um, in this case, it was done. The revision is done entirely by BG Group itself, um, and it has about its average stake in these fields is about twenty-seven percent. The lead partner in all of the fields is Petrobras, the big Brazilian um, state-dominated oil producer. I mean, Petrobras is becoming a vast and gigantic company as a result of all of the oil fines in Brazil. Um, so they, they happen pretty regularly. And uh, in fact, um, BG's share price has risen by between 4 and 6% today. And the share prices of the other companies involved, which are Repsol and Galp from Portugal, are also higher as a result of that, because obviously their their own particular shares will be higher as well. But this is just for BG Group itself. And, um, you know, it, 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 uh, it potentially 
uh, makes BG a much bigger player in, in uh, Brazilian oil and in the in the oil business generally. It's already Britain's number three producer behind BP and Shell, so I think it, it certainly consolidates its position there. And what other implications are there? Well, I think that the main implication of it, I think from a global perspective, is that it shows the depth of Brazil's oil resources. The, we already know that the, the pre-salt fields, as they're called, which are um, you know out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean um, in Brazilian waters, um, are vast. But it was always very difficult to quantify quite how vast they would be. I think that um, as time goes on and as companies explore more and assess the results of their findings more, they're able to give a more accurate, accurate picture. And I think if BG's figures are anything to go by, then I think that, um, you know, it's possible that the, the pre-salt reserves that Brazil has they could be twice as big as the sort of most conservative estimates, um, which right now would be sort of between around about 15 billion uh, barrels of oil equivalent, mm. which would make it a pretty significant producer already. But I mean, if, if it's going to be twice as big as that, then it could be uh, it could maybe number three in the world, which is where the International Energy Agency is predicting that Brazil will be as a producer of um, sort of incremental producer of, of, of oil by 2035. So I think it, it certainly shows the depth of Brazil's potential resources. And does it have any implications for deep water drilling globally? I think it has huge implications because by definition, and as, as you can tell from its name, it, you know, it's in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It is very difficult to um, t- to get at the oil in particular because it's, it's uh, under... It, it all has to do with the, the um, salt rock under the ocean floor. It's, that's a very volatile substance through which to drill and through which to to build a permanent um, pipe to extract the oil because it's very it moves a lot and uh, so the, it, the extraction risk from pre-salt oil fields is very high and I think the question mark over companies like BG is whether they can whether they have the resources in the long term to to extract the oil by themselves or whether they're going to need the big boys like BP or Exxon or, you know, Petrobras itself, of course, is is increasingly a a deep water specialist. Um, So, you know, the the cost is huge and that is a risk in itself, um, as as is the the whole sort of extraction risk for, for this particular type of oil. Very interesting. Thanks, Vincent. And that's it for this week. My thanks to David and Vincent in the studio. Don't forget to check ft.com slash energy for the latest energy news and also our blog, Energy Source. Energy Weekly was produced by Rob Minto. Till next week, goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.